Brooks, Miller, and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon here on a Monday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For the next couple of hours, Trent Condon and Ken Miller with you talking sports. Appreciate you tuning in uh, here this morning. BMW of Des Moines, they sponsor the guest list, and here's as follows. Uh, we'll start with Scott Dockerman. He covers the Hawkeyes for The Athletic. Doc will be in here at 10.30 at 11.05, as we do every single Monday throughout college football. Bam and Trent and I will go around college football from a national perspective. And then Nick Olson. Uh, we'll wind things up. He'll be joining us about 11.30. We will uh, get the Cyhawk reaction uh, from the Cyclones perspective. Nick Olson, 24-7 sports, cyclonealert.com. Trent's play of the day uh, coming up here at, uh, well, 10 minutes or so before uh, noon. Week number one of the NFL is in the books. Another week of college football is behind us. Albert Pujols moves a little closer to 700. But we start with Cyhawk. And I think, morning, first of all. Good morning to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about We're talking hoops, right? Uh, we Sure. You want to talk about the hoops? <laughs> uh, we can. Or the Bears. That was a good day for that you. Was... Twins, not so much no. as they get swept by the Guardians. We'll see what that does. But, you know, we have to start uh, from an Iowa State perspective because, after all, they did come out victorious in the football game. Mm-hmm. Yes, we'll get to Petrus and uh, what ails the Hawkeye offense uh, it, uh, at some point here in the next few minutes. But let's start with Iowa State and you saw him in person. Hunter Deckers was as uh, hyped up a, uh, a quarterback as we've seen in some time. Uh, week number one really didn't, you know, he did some good things, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what did he beat? And he beat a pretty good defense on uh, Saturday as the Hawks um, I don't know, uh, defensively are as good as I think they're going to face this year uh, in the Big 12. And there's Hunter Deckers at the end and Jirel Brock over 100 yards. Maybe as happy as I was for anybody on the field was just, uh, you know, way to go, Jirel. Yeah. You waited a long time and here you are at Kinnick Stadium, a team you'd never beaten before, and you had a major impact. So Deckers is really good. And though there were mistakes that he certainly made, the throw that was intercepted by DeGene in the end zone, that was... I mean, can't that, make that throw. No, Double just, coverage can't make that throw. That's just guessing, yep. right? Yep. And, and just trying to make a play. That's hoping. A play. Right. right. After a turnover, mm-hmm. where you have points there, if, even if you don't score. But that aside, confident, cool, making plays. Mm-hmm. And this will be, though it was not a pretty game by any means, and it's not one where you're going to be going back and watching this game over and over again if you're a Cyclone fan and remembering all the great plays of it. You are going to remember the 21-play, oh, 99-yard drive. 11.49 off the clock. And just... Every single time. They need to make a play, they did it. And he was there. Yeah. And it was Avery Hutchinson being there and making a catch. And it was Brock getting a first down. It was him making those plays. Time in and time out, it was Hunter Deckers was ultimately the difference maker. Mm -hmm. And that's what we thought the biggest key was going to be, how Deckers did. And he was good enough. He was good enough to get it done. Yeah. um, Said said all week, Iowa State can definitely win this football game, but they usually find a way to give it away. And they tried. (laughs) They tried. They 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 tried. Two block punts. I mean, that never happens. Three turnovers, uh-huh. one going in for a touchdown. Your own guy bumps it out, and yeah. and then it's recovered by Iowa in the Although end Russ, Russ had a hell of a game in a lot of different areas. He did. Yeah, he, he did was ultimately was his elbow or whatever right. that knocked the ball out uh, at the end zone. But he had a hell of a game. I watched him 
you know, without the football, because he seldom has it, mm-hmm. uh, a number of times on, uh, on the offensive positions. But offensive line was good. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Hutchinson, uh, Jalen Knoll, a, a terrific player defensively. They had a bunch of uh, Ryan Vance played as you know what off. Uh, the transfer from uh, from Minnesota, Anderson, although he lined up offside. My God, what a fortunate time for that. Here's you know, the, speaking of that play, let me stop there because okay. I want to get your opinion on this. Um, game's over for mm-hmm. all intents and purposes, but Anderson had lined up offside, so you got to make that call. But after it seemed like the game was over, Iowa State, in their jubilation, ran out onto the field, mm-hmm. thinking the game is over. Right, because it was. It was over. And I think uh, the official that threw the flag for um, unsportsmanlike conduct, look, we see that when there's a turnover. Mm-hmm. And guys are going crazy. They're going to drop, put you back 15 yards because the play is over. I wonder if at the time he threw that flag, he thought the game was over. All right, I'm going to throw this. I'm going to knock him back 15 yards. They'll kneel down 15 yards further back. I wonder what was going through his head when he realized, oh, my. This is a 20-yard penalty. Right. This might have just cost one of the teams on the field an opportunity went out right now it was if the kick would have been good it would have gone to overtime but i just wonder what was going through his head because i hated the call I, I absolutely did and for hawkeye fans complaining about calls that was the worst call of the day yeah you, you just don't do that. right when a drive is going to be extended and giving a team a free 15 yards to set up a game tying field you mm-hmm. don't do that nope. you just don't make that call as an official this wasn't a face mask there wasn't no. targeting Absolutely. this was guys being jubilant yes it's celebration after winning a game for the first time since 2014 that's just it right they never touched that trophy nobody in that locker room had touched that trophy keep the flag in your pocket that was worse than anything yep. that Iowa dealt with all yep. day long and you know me i am not a big blame the refs kind of nope. guy I think it's a loser mentality. It is. What do you want? What, you, you want another letter to put up in your office from a officiating crew? Kirk in the post game three different times mentioned the referees. Mm-hmm. That's loser talk. Yeah, that is. You're not. Good Should enough. they review the catch? The what is it? Bitter that made the catch? Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, maybe. Did it look like he caught it? Yeah, I can see he did. I mean, Dejean pushing Decker's out of bounds. Those plays. That, that's yeah. That's he was one. That that was bad. It was uh, bad. Yeah, but right. But you didn't lose the game because of no, that. No, Knock no. Knock it off. Uh, Riley Moss and, and Xavier Hutchinson fighting in the end zone. Right. Come on. Yeah. It, it if you're going to call that, it's going to be offensive pass interference all, all day long. Every every single day. And yeah. then it came back when uh, when Iowa State went for it on fourth, fourth down to end the game. There was contact there, and it was a good non-call. Monty Potterbaum, was he in or wasn't he? See, I thought he was. I did, too. There was that one angle that, re- watching the replay last night, they didn't show the angle that I thought... The very first one. Yes, that showed... I not definitively, but I thought was the it, best look. Yes, but then we saw more, and eh, it's going to be tough to overturn. But they didn't go back to that other view. Never did see it. No, never and did it, see it. And was that the same thing for the officiating crew? Did they not see that angle as much? Or are you seeing exactly the fee? That don't know. Team? Don't know how that works. First in 99. <laughs> and, and there and they go. Right down. All 11 right. minutes and 49 seconds later. Six for six on third downs. Oh, Six Remarkable. for six on third downs. And yeah. there were some third and eights in there. There were third mm-hmm. and fours. I mean, it wasn't like it was all just sneaks and you know easy ones to get a yard. They were tough plays, and they made mm-hmm. the plays time in and time out against this defense. Will McDonald, who we thought was kind of a passenger in week number one, mm-hmm. maybe that was purpo- on, on purpose. Uh, he, was a ba- he was a big part of that game plan uh, on Saturday. Isaiah Lee making an impact. Um, Colby Reeder making an impact. Johnson coming up the gut. Uh, Gary Vaughn with a, with a big play in that football game. Mm-hmm. There were some dudes. Yeah. And, and that Anderson kid, I think they've got... Do you remember him at Minnesota? I, I do not. I don't either. 
Yeah, not a name that, that jumps uh-huh. out and, oh, yeah, that guy. I thought TJ Tampa was really yeah, good. Yeah, he was really good. Glad you brought him up, Trent. Yes. Yep. He was good, yep. not just in coverage, but also I mean, he tackled well. Yep. There was nothing, nobody was getting anywhere. If it's mano a mano, Tampa had a good day getting him on the ground. He really, really did. Um, it was a team effort, right? This is the kind of win that you, all right, you got another monkey off of. Week one, we play terrible mm-hmm. in week one. Mm-hmm. We play well. Mm-hmm. Week two, finally get the win. Yep. Against Iowa. Now Checked you got, every box. You got a bad Ohio team. You're going to be 3-0. Yep. Suddenly in the Big 12. Right. Look around. Baylor, let one get away against BYU. I think there's some good teams in the Big 12. Now, one of them I was dead wrong on. I mean, West Virginia, my God. Yeah. That West Virginia pick stinks. But Kansas is not the layup maybe um, that you thought right? it was going to be. Exactly. Exactly. You look around the Big 12, though, and there's an opportunity. Uh-huh. I mean, our, K-State looked really good. They K-State looked really good. And I think I was probably going to be, you know, I missed that one. Spencer Sanders is making that senior leap. Yeah, yeah, he is. At least two weeks in, it Mm -hmm. looks like Mm -hmm. he is going to be that guy that maybe we've been hoping for for the last three years. Right. Or expecting. Yes. Put it in all together. And Mm -hmm. we'll see if consistency has always been the issue for him. Because he's had games like this in the past. But Oklahoma is Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Texas. Texas. Yes. Texas. (laughs) This Quinn Ewers can. Now he's out. Well, that's just it, Trent. If he plays. Is, does Alabama get beat? Because Quinn Ewers was moving yeah. that field, ball up that team up and down the field. They were uh, he looked really good when he was in there. I uh, can see why he was worth a million dollars to think about that. All right, let's get to the Hawks. Trent, it's my opinion that sometime this morning or whenever the depth chart comes out, Ferentz can't do this again. He, he can't do this to the kid. I mean, for God's sakes, show some compassion to Spencer Petrus. You can't keep running him out there. They can't. They just can't. And the opportunity is perfect because – you get one more non-con, and it should be a layup, right? Yes, absolutely. it should be a layup. Nevada is two and one, right? But, but it's they a just fake lost to Incarnate Word, and then, and they gave up a ton of points, or a ton, fifty-five points, yeah, six hundred plus yards of total offense, mm-hmm. four hundred through the year, two hundred yards on the ground to Incarnate and Word. And Incarnate Word's quarterback is now in the Pac-12, right. the kid that made all that news right. last year. So, yes, but point being is now is the time because ready or not. After that, here comes the Big Ten. And that Rutgers game? Trent, Rutgers has a pulse. I mean, if you had to pick that game right now, yeah, I'm taking it, Rutgers. Well, it's it, not even close. I'd lay points with Rutgers right yeah. now. I'd I mean, lay I don't a field know, goal. I, don't, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming there would be Padilla, and it can't be as bad. How big of an assumption is that, though? I, uh, we have seen two of the most inept offensive performances in Iowa football history. Trent, they're 130th. No, 131st. 131st. Because that's the only many teams there are. Right. You know who's 130th? New Mexico State. And the gap between 130 and 131. Did you see this statistic? Mm-hmm. 72 yards worse than the next team ahead of you. Than the 130th ranked team right. in total offense. So scoring offense, dead last in the country. Total offense, dead last. Passed offense, 127th. Rush offense, 127th. Third down conversions, 124th. Yards per completion, 125th. Completion percentage, 126th. Red zone efficiency, 129th. Passing efficiency, 130. Mm. And yet, with all of that, you have a quarterback that has at least least looked competent as the backup, Mm -hmm. and you haven't gone to him once. You know what? There's another layer to this, and it has been discussed. How many offensive coordinators get to come back after two weeks? Because this is a perfect opportunity. Look what they did over in Lincoln. Yep. Um, with with their head coach. Rip off the Band-Aid. Rip off the Band-Aid. This, this offense is not working. Whose offense is it? It's Brian's. 
Um, we know you've got the wrong quarterback in there. Maybe that's dad that's uh, forcing you to play him. Whatever. There's no way that um, that a team with this kind of expectations going into the season that has a defense like we know that they do, uh, that has been as inept as we have seen them be, um, you just can't do the same thing. You cannot do the same thing. It is time for a change. At the very least, you've got to... Remember the mercy rule? Do we still have a mercy rule in football? Shouldn't there be one when it comes to rosters? Yeah. I mean, you can't throw this kid up. I he feel terrible broken. for him. He's broken. He is yes. broken mentally. Yes, he is. He is. But you know what he'll do t- today or whenever tomorrow? Well, if he face the media. Mm-hmm. Because that's what he does. He's a stand-up guy. He is. And a bad quarterback. And a bad quarterback. He is a great person. Everybody uh-huh. has said that. And this is not just media speak, coach speak. Everybody to a T says what a good person he is. Right. If he's that good of a person, give him a break. Absolutely. Because as a quarterback, he Do just, him a favor. Right. Do his family a favor. You can see mentally he is not there. Nope. Sealing passes like that, that is sloppy time footwork. Time after time after time. It is bad. Uh-huh. And what do you do? You just keep trotting him out. More of the same. So we'll get the, the depth same. chart today? Well, I think we Teleconference have, today, is that what it is? Or the, uh, the coaches, I thought, it was, I'm not sure. Okay. It's changed over. There used to it be has. Tuesdays. Yep. Not sure if it's today or not, but we should get some form of clarity, I would assume. Or maybe, maybe they're going to let us stew on it till t- tomorrow when, uh, when they actually have the press conference. So I, I don't know. Uh, highlights as far as some of the Hawks against Schulte. He got something there in this kid. He was good. He was good. Yep. Uh, that's back-to-back week. Now, did I see that he was just given a scholarship? Oh, I did. I, I think I, I, I saw a piece. I'm not sure who tweeted it. Um, that he went to his, his where his mom told his dad, and then stopped at McDonald's and got some kind of favorite fountain drink or whatever mm-hmm. it is, and and went and told her at her office, which is pretty cool. That he's, awesome. And he deserves to be on scholarship. Yes. I mean, look what he's doing back mm-hmm. there. Um, offensive line, eh. it's all right. Yeah, it's better than last week. Right, still not good. Nope, it's not. Um, Bruce dropped a couple of passes, but there were so many thrown over his head. Mm-hmm. Laporta had a couple of big catches. You knew where that ball was going to go when they tried to get into field goal range after they were gifted the 15. Um, what else from the offense? You're lining up Sam Laporta at a wide receiver position. And you just don't have any guys. And here's the thing. When you get Keegan Johnson back, I know he's fast. Mm-hmm. But it's not like you're getting Justin Jefferson not right. walking through that door. Well, go back and watch when Padilla played, though. He would actually take shots up the field yeah. to Keegan Johnson. Mm-hmm. They haven't done that. Well, I think Keegan Johnson's averaging less than two p- catches per game last year. He played 10 games last year. Right. He's been gone a long time. Boy, he's been gone a long time. You were, you were on this early. Yeah. There's something there. Now, uh, Ferentz did say that... Did I think I hope I'm getting this right. Regani... Probably next week? Yeah. Sounds like he is close. He said Johnson maybe is getting close. Maybe is getting close. How much does that help? I don't know if it does. Yeah. I mean, who's the quarterback? Let me, let me let's, let's preface it like that. Do you, and where and here's the other thing. When the depth chart does come out, let's say they make the change. Mm-hmm. Let's say it's Padilla. Where does Petrus fall? Do you do you elevate Labus ahead of him? At this point, doesn't it make sense? He's not the long term solution. He's not the solution for this year. No. He does have a COVID year. He could come back, Petrus, for another year if he wanted to. Let's hope that's not the case I for him. Be, can't be. Yeah. And, and going through the song and dance one more time. But mm-hmm. I think it would make a whole lot of sense to just do that. And you take away, hey, if Pia does, Padilla struggles a little bit, we're completely going to the young guy. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to go that direction. Who, because- I, to, to be fair, uh, to the people that watched him, the... Uh, the, the the media that's got into the building to watch him, whether it be you know, they've not been impressed by Lapis. No, 
They do not come away with, boy, oh, boy, you got something here. Right. Now, you may have, but that kid's still in high school. What's his name? Lane's? Line A? Line, oh, yeah, Marco Linus. Marco no, Linus. No, he's been, he's been ruined by Tony Rapiopi, so. So he's already cooked? Well, I mean, That's Petrus's yeah. uh, uh, guru. We're going to drop back, fly right, slip. Mm. Just stop. Stop. Yep. The, the guy is an unmitigated disaster as a quarterback mm-hmm. coach, as we've seen with Petrus. There's too much mentally happening with him. He is, he's got vapor lock. You just can't figure it out. No. He can't get rid of the ball. He's thinking throws. You see this with pitchers all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Just throw it. Right. right. And Petrus can't Get the do ball that. and chuck and try to pay, right. instead of trying to paint cores. A couple of other Hawks stood out. Cooper DeGene was terrific. He was awesome. Terry Roberts, again, whether it's on special teams or in coverage, was terrific. Mm-hmm. Um, how about Lucas Van Ness? Not just the two punt Trend, blocks. Yes, I'm glad you said that because it was more. Yes. It was more than that. And now, the first punt block, I don't know what kind of view you had of it. Mm-hmm. Did it go off the punter? Was it, was it Perkins? Does it go off Perkins' It was side on the other end of the foot? stadium for me, so I, I didn't have a great view of that. That's, it did kind of have that look. Like he was about to shank it? Yes. I'm not taking anything away no. from, the, from the plays that he made. Well, and this is, again, LeVar Woods. Yeah. who schemed up mm-hmm. and said, we see something in the coverage. The, te- the players talked about it afterwards. We saw something there that they schemed up. Mm-hmm. He is as good of a special teams coach as you're going to find in college football. Right. You have as good of a defensive coordinator as you're going to find in college football. And yep. then you have a meathead offensive coordinator that happens to be the son. That's untouchable. <laughs> it's true. He's untouchable. Mm-hmm. You, you said it, Ken. Any other offensive coordinator in the country after... At a Power 5 school with expectations. With four years of data that shows that he's not good at his job, He's gone. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have been brought back in the owner. Maybe what, what after- if Ferentz's press conference back in January say we're betting on ourselves? Mm-hmm. And I'm paraphrasing, but I think it's That's close. a big L. That's a big L. <laughs> That's a big L. Yeah. You bet on yourself and it came up craps. Uh-huh. You are done betting on yourself. And that's another frustrating component about this. Iowa had an opportunity with the retirement of Ken O'Keefe to go and do something. Mm-hmm. And what do they do? They go get a guy that was fired to be an analyst and John Budmeyer and you take a guy that has never coached quarterbacks before and make him the offensive coordinator, a job he never deserved, mm-hmm. and now the quarterback coach, a job he certainly doesn't deserve. A guy that has no He's clue. He's not good at it, for sure. He is bad. He is bad. Schematically, what are they trying to do? What, what is this? I don't understand what the end game is. Complimentary football. This is the garbage that's been spewed now for the last five years. We're playing complimentary football. You know what would be very complimentary? Actually being able to move the football. That's complimentary in helping your defense out. Mm -hmm. They're on the field for 38 minutes on the game Saturday. And that is complimentary football. Come on. It's just, it's more of the same kind of garbage. And this, this is a legacy question for Kirk Ferentz. This is the ship that he's going down on. This is how he's going to be remembered. Does it feel, Trent, it does to me... Does it feel maybe like the end of the Friday era? It absolutely does. I, I brought that up after the South Dakota State game a little bit. It, it has that feeling. Remember just how quickly it went from yes. the expectations in, in yes. 97, all the guys coming back. Sherman Trent, gets this hurt. guy was revered. Absolutely. Revered. And then it just completely mm-hmm. fell off a cliff. If you're a wide receiver, if you're a quarterback, are you signing up for this? I talked to... Uh, and didn't they just get a quarterback this week? They weekend? did, yeah. Four-star kid that's fast from Florida. We'll see how I believe long. That, that one I see. It. That's, That's 2024 class. Right. When though, he so. actually gets his mail in Iowa City. That is a long, long time. I talked to one of my good friends. His son is being recruited by both Iowa and Iowa State right now. And he was uh, stopped by, talked to him before the game. And he relayed to us after the game. They're walking back to the car. And he asked his son, who's a junior. He said, you imagine playing on that offense? He said, which one? <laughs> it wasn't exactly pretty on either side. Uh-huh. But if you're a recruit, you going to sign up for that as an offensive player? 
Not if I'm a receiver. If you're Caden Look at the Proctor, number Charlie Jones is putting up. Caden Proctor has not signed paperwork. He can't until December. Are you rethinking things? Uh, that offensive line's been bad now. Mm-hmm. Multiple years. Mm-hmm. Are you rethinking that decision? Mm. Has to be a thought, at the very least. So what, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to block and not going to have help around me? Jesus. It, it's, it's bad. The, it's this, that bad. Uh, the Big Ten West, it's really bad at the top, too. I mean... Yes, Minnesota is really good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sure what they've beaten. Um, Wisconsin getting picked off. We know the dumpster fire that is the Huskers. That was really, I mean, 642 yards the Black Shirts gave up. In, uh, in I mean, 642 yards of, of offense. That was the saving grace Saturday night getting back. Getting watching, watching yes. the Huskers go down. At least put a smile on my face afterwards. No, really. Uh, let's take a couple of calls. Uh, Nate is up first. Nate, welcome to the show. How are you? Oh, you know, I am great from Sunday. At least my, I watch a team that can put up 44 points. So who's your NFL team? Oh, the Chiefs, baby. Oh, yeah. You, Clinic. You make that wasted bet for the... Uh, losing the division, or you regretting that one? <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, they they certainly look good. There's no doubt. Now, I'm not sure that the Cardinals are. I mean, they had so many injuries, but give Patrick Mahomes all the credit in the world. Look great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, the Hawkeyes, though, like, are they? Uh, I kind of think about this. Are they wasting a cha- championship caliber team? Yes. 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 And I'm not. Ta- I'm not talking about Big Ten championship. I'm talking. I would put this defense in with as like as good as Georgia can be. Yeah, I'm not sure I can go there, but they're certainly gifted. Uh, there, there's no doubt about that, Nate. And, and I'm seeing a lot of, well, if they're really that good, how can you give up 99-yard drive? Look, they were on the field the whole freaking game for crying out loud. Yeah, you, I mean, you can only expect so much. Absolutely. They, 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 last year, they had so many games that they just looked so great. And then by yeah. the fourth quarter, I don't care how much conditioning you have, you can't be on the field that much. No. Nope. It's just Wasted years. Indeed it is. Uh, Nate, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Congrats to your Chiefs. Uh, Thursday night, Chargers Chiefs. What's it called again? Prime TV? TV? Amazon Prime? Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime. My uh, age is showing. Apologies. Dennis is next. Dennis, how are you? Hello, Dennis. Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, uh, you brought up recruiting. I'm glad you did. Uh, What do Iowa fans think they're doing? When recruits are in the stadium and they're booing their offense, yeah. that doesn't play well with the recruit. Uh, and, not, yeah, I don't. I think it's a self-fulfilling prophecy if they keep doing that. If they throw stuff on the field, I mean, would you want to play in that environment? Uh, you know, you got to ev- think about that. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the call. Everybody's. That's a fair question. I'm not sure it would bother me. No. Really. Um, but might but, be different for an 18 year old guy. Yeah, though. absolutely. You see that and kind of mm-hmm. think how that quarterback commit that you just mentioned. He was at the game mm-hmm. and he committed the next morning. He so did. even in that environment, well, you were in the environment. What did it feel like? It was a lot different than I anticipated. Did the score dictate? Because Hawks led for a lot of that game. They did, and I think that was a big part of it, too. Being up 7-0-7-3 for a huge stretch of that game, I think that was a piece of it that people just said, all right, well, this is what it is. But there was, though there was booing, and a lot of booing at the end of the half. That's the only time, by the way, that I could tell coming through the speakers on the TV. Because I thought it was going to be worse, and Mm -hmm. yes, score dictated that. But also, there was a component where I think people just feel bad for Petrus. Like you said, you, you can't keep doing this to this kid. It's not fair to him. It's not. He's not good enough to play the position, and yet you can't. To his credit, he's not a quitter. Right. 
Because <laughs> a lot of people probably would. Jeez. Uh, absolutely. Uh, let's get Taylor in here. Taylor, welcome to uh, Miller and Condon. How are you? Good. So if you were a big stud receiver, wouldn't you want to become certainly Iowa just to play? Who's my quarterback? Day one. Who's my quarterback? Charlie yeah, Jones but, was that guy, and he he left town. Well, that quarterback they just signed, mm-hmm. it was, I mean, he's going to play as a freshman in his mind. Sure. Correct? Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's a th- I mean, he's a four-star and he's a multi-talent. I would want to go there because I'm going to play as a freshman. Yeah. Is there something to be said for playing time? in front of me. Yeah, something to be said yeah. for that. You'd play, but when you're running four-yard out routes all game long. Yeah. I mean, when Taylor, that's thanks for the call. Of your offensive coordinator, do you really want to go play in that? See, I don't if, – if – Charlie Jones has almost more receiving yards this year than Iowa has total offense. Which is bananas, Trent. He has like 279. It's Iowa has just, just over 300. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. 158 a game. Uh, now's the time. Rip the Band-Aid yes. off completely. You, you get a – not a breather. You, you should have no problem flexing against Nevada. But then the Big Ten is here. Rutgers Ready is or better. not. And then you get Michigan. Ready or not. That's the next home game, too, is it, is. it not? Uh, Steve is with Miller and Cotton. Scott Dockerman coming up. Bama, Bob Trent, and I around college football, 11.05. Nick Olson on Iowa State, 11.30. Hi, Steve. Yeah, I watched one of the kids at the Metro play last year. He's on Iowa now, and uh, they're talking about not having a receiver, and I know they're drafting him to be a defensive back, but Xavier Wampa can catch a ball, and he's a good athlete. Don't know why they're not training him out at receiver. I also want to pick you guys' gambling brains on the – Iowa over next week. So it's 40 and a half. They're going to put up a lot of points against Nevada. They better. <laughs> Nevada stinks. <laughs> uh, Steve, thanks and for the call. Padilla can't hit a five-yard out. I don't understand. The guy's a second-year Division One quarterback, and he can't. He's overthrowing guys on a five-yard out. He, he's, he's ruined. Not the answer. Yep. No. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Uh, Trent, you're right. He, he's ruined. Yeah. There's no coming back from mm-hmm. this. I, I don't see any fashion that nope. he can all of a sudden, it starts clicking again, and we'll see. Even the guy that played well at times in 2020. Mm-hmm. I think that guy's gone. I thought, as the year went on, um, and my excuse before last year why I'm on the Padilla train was yeah. he had the Michigan game and the bowl game taken away from him. Mm-hmm. Two more opportunities to advance. Had a real off season last year, uh-huh. and it got worse. It did. And now it did. It, it's unplayable, yet mm-hmm. he continues to play. Kirk said uh, after the game that... Well, we just don't feel like we have enough to give him, what, a full representation of what he is. Come on. you got 20-plus games of it now. Yeah, come on. You know what he is. You uh, know what he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that was relayed to me, I, I talk from time to time, I don't have contacts. I'm not a media guy like that. I have one person, though, in the athletic department that I get a few things from. And it was relayed to me that the reason that the gap in the coach's eyes is so significant, and Kirk's eyes more than anything, between Petrus and Padilla is Padilla doesn't do the same kind of film work. He doesn't put in the same kind of time. My question is, why would you? When you, when you <laughs> see the guy in front of you is this bad, yeah. why are you going to go watch film? Why are you going to put in the work? Mm-hmm. And he also takes too many chances in practice. And is he not in pre-med? Is that what? Well, he's, yeah, he's a high, high academic guy, too. Right. It's just, if that's what concerns you, if Spencer Petrus was playing this poorly but not turning it over, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But he's also turning it over. He is the antithesis of what Iowa wants at the quarterback position, and they continue to trot him out there. I don't get it. Was this the last stand like we saw with Jay Christensen into Ricky Stanzi? It sure feels like Where they gave him the second half, even though they both played in the first half. That game was on the road. Where was that game? At Pitt. Yeah. At Pitt. Yeah. They both played in the first half. Stanzi played better. They gave the second half all to Christensen, though. They lose by a point. 
and then it was over from there. It's it was. Steve became. Is this what that was? Sure this is one like final it. shot. It sure feels like it. And he couldn't get it done, and now we have to turn the page. And, and you've got one game. One game before the Big Ten season is upon us. You have to. You know, I kind of feel bad about it, and I knew this was going to be the case. Um, this is more about how poorly Iowa played when Iowa State went out and won the football game. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and got that monkey off their back. Um, we did the first 10 minutes we, on Iowa State. Yeah, we did, and deservedly so. But mm-hmm. Deckers was terrific, and Brock was terrific, and they had a bunch of dudes. But I hate to say it, the story is, it is. Spencer Petrus. You can't get away from it. Yep. Uh, we'll take a timeout. Scott Dockerman coming up uh, an hour from now. Nick Olson on Iowa State. Bama Bob Trent and I around college football. What a wacky weekend of college football. Uh, we'll get into that real quick. The circuit contest you are in. Yes, I survived. Circa, you, you survived. So there was 61, over, just under 6,200 people in the survivor contest. Mm-hmm. After yesterday, that number's cut in half. That's great. <laughs> well, it depends whose perspective you're looking at. You it, had three entries. I had three entries. We had three entries. Your group, group yep. in. We're down to one. It was the one that used the Ravens? And the one I used the Ravens, yes. Yes. That stings. So yeah. we lost with... We lost the Colts. Who missed a, uh, the Colts in over... Oh. oh, they tied. Yeah. So that's a loss. And then the Titans had a chance to win the game. And a 43-yarder uh-huh. missed. Just barely, too. Just barely, too. Now, Circa Millions, on the other hand, that you're in. Mm-hmm. That's where you pick five games a week. Every, every single week. Yep. And they have quarterly prizes. Mm-hmm. And you're 5-0. and 5-0, oh. and oh, baby. That's really good. We just got three more weeks. Let's keep our head above water. Let's get off to a good start. So what is the, what is the prize after, after four weeks? Uh, if you win the quarterly, $100,000. Jeez, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> you're 5-0. and oh, 1030. Scott Dockerman next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station. 106.2. You and Ames. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. We're here until noon. Scott Doctorman coming up. Of course, he loves his 80s music. Little GNR patience. That's all we need, right? More patience with the quarterback position. We've certainly seen a lot of that inside the head coach's office. Yes. Uh, it feels like it's coming to the end. Uh, Doc, Trent and Ken, thank you for coming on. Um, Doc, you're around the team. You're around Coach Ferentz way more often than uh, we are. Um, you Doesn't it feel like, though, here's a perfect jumping off point. Uh, if, you're, if you're looking for that off-ramp as far as uh, Petrus to Padilla, now's the time with your final non-conference tune-up coming up before the Big Ten season gets here. It almost feels like uh, we're, when the depth chart comes out, there's going to be another name on top of it. Uh, too late, yes, but it seems like we're at that point. Doesn't it, Doc, or are we kidding ourselves? Well, let me start by saying uh, it's, it's physically impossible for me not to whistle when I hear the song "Patience." <laughs> so I was in there whistling it during the bumper here, but but yes, this is absolutely the the time where it has to happen. And I mean, I'm not even saying that uh, he should even debate it. And I've I've pretty much heard they've turned the page, but I can't confirm that yet. But the uh, you know, if you're going into a game where you feel like you have an opportunity to win and not put him in a, an incredibly stressful situation, that this would be the right one. You're playing your weakest opponent of the year at home at night at Kinnick Stadium. Uh, you, you want him to get him a soft entry, potentially to get some of his, uh, get some easy throws and and uh, hopefully move the chains and maybe, maybe dare I say, score a touchdown, maybe <laughs> even two. Um, that, that, that might happen this week. So I, I think this is the 
the only real good opportunity because you don't want to have to do it while he's going on the road. And then certainly you don't want to have to do it when they're playing Michigan at home. Yeah. So I think this is the, the one jumping off point where if you're going to do it, do it now. And, and Lord knows they need to do it. There's just no other way around that right now. You know, I mentioned earlier, it has the feeling of Jake Christensen into Ricky Stanzi, that pit game where Christensen got the second half. He wasn't able to get it done, and they completely turned turned the page to Stanzi. And maybe that's what this was. Hey, we're going to give it one more shot, no matter how bad it's going. If the game's close, Petrus is going to get it. He wasn't able to get it done, and you turned the page. Uh, Ken brought up an interesting part earlier. I want to get your perspective on this. When we see the depth chart, and if it is Padilla at the top, do you completely just rip the Band-Aid off and you make Joey Labus also the backup and, and Petrus demoted to third? I, could you see them going that route? Could I see them doing it? Um, not necessarily, but that's what I would do. Absolutely. I, I think at this point, you know what Spencer Petrus is. Spencer Petrus could, may not have to practice at all and still be able to know everything in the offense. Yeah, that, that visibility is very mentally secure in, in what he knows about this offense. But you don't know that Alex Padilla isn't going to be similar. I mean, there's a reason why he's been this low, and it's not just because they like um, Spencer Petrus as a person. So, you know, what? my expectation is that Alex Padilla is probably a lot like Jake Christensen, just right-handed version. Mm-hmm. So it may not be the the big change that we're all, that everybody's looking for, maybe an improvement, which I think is mandatory, but it wouldn't surprise me at all. If um, the, it, the offense is, remains very stagnant, um, no matter who's in charge there. So at some point you're going to want to see what you have of uh, Joey Labus to see if what he was able to do on the scout team last year, which everybody really offered up a lot of praise, if he can translate that into Iowa and uh, and then move the team a few times per game, and hopefully, uh, you know, in their case, score a touchdown or two, but then you know what you have because next year you're going to have to figure out are any of these quarterbacks good enough to to lead the team next year, or are you going to have to dip in the portal and do something that they should have done last year? But it, what was reluctant to do it. Uh, listening to Ferentz after the game, it's uh, and you understand Ferentz speak well. Does it seem like maybe regaining next week and uh, and Keegan Johnson's closer? But what did he mean by that, Doc? What what were you able to glean, if anything, from that uh, pronouncement? Oh, uh, from the wide receivers, I think you're looking at uh, yeah, Regani is getting very very close. You know, I don't know if it was a stress fracture or stress reaction to his foot. Either one is very painful. We remember Mike Gazelle going through that very well. About, But, you know, it's still really early in the season. You don't want this to be a lingering situation with him. And yet you're, you need him in there yesterday. You needed him in there Saturday and the Saturday before that. So it's really a tough spot for, for Regani and for the offense. I would expect him to probably be able to play maybe in a limited capacity. And then, uh, you know, Keegan Johnson, you know, he was in sweatshirt and shorts the other day. Uh, um, he got into a little bit of a uh, entanglement with an Iowa State player at the end of uh, when the game was over. With that was more that wasn't on him necessarily. I'm standing right there, but but still, it's it's hard to say. I mean, right now they're not expecting him, but if he can get back to practice, then then maybe he can see some action too. Obviously, it's not just the quarterback position. We talk about wide receiver and getting some health there, but it's also schematic at this point. 
new quarterback, a guy that can move around a little bit in Padilla or Labus. Both those guys certainly are, are more athletic and get outside the pocket better than Petrus. But Brian Ferentz, I thought, called a terrible game. I, I don't think the South Dakota State game was as bad. This one, I think, was a poorly called game. Schematically, what can you change? What can you do to evolve with a bad offensive line and the question marks they have to at least become semi-competent? Uh, your guess is as good as mine, Trent. Um, <laughs> after going through it, watching it live, watching it after the fact a couple of times, um, I, I would say he didn't call a great game at all. But I also say it's very difficult when you are so limited to know exactly what they're doing. I mean, they went primarily with two for, uh, two personnel groupings. Now is it? Mm-hmm. And so you're in an you know in, in college football today, you can't really do that. But when you're so limited, it's hard to do anything more. Um, I thought. You know, I, actually, if there was one call that I thought was terrible, it was the pullback at the at the goal line. I mean, you know, if you're if you're running back fumbles, that's one thing they're used to holding the ball, but that's his only carry of the game in a tough situation like that. I I don't know why you're just kind of giving him a gift touchdown. Mm-hmm. I think you you go with what you have or go with the quarterback sneak or something like that. So I, I that one to me was baffling, but overall schematically. What I would see is they need to incorporate more uh, jet sweep, more jet motion than mm-hmm. what they've done. Just because simply when you're on an outside zone, the defense is all flowing to that spot, of the, and they're beating the offensive line to that spot because they're not fundamentally sound yet. And uh, whereas with jet motion or more abouts, then they're going to go around the um, the defense or, or you know be able to give them something that they're not prepared for. So that's one thing I would do. Uh, Wildcat would be a, a something that they're not prepared to do right now, but you know what? You got to try something. So I, maybe it's Arlen Bruce in the backfield, but but then again, you're putting him at risk. So uh, if you really want to get creative, throw Cooper DeGene back there. But after the game he played the other cool. day, I don't know that I would do that. Either. Yeah, uh, Doc, that's just where I was going. A couple of kids on defense: DeGene and again Quinn Schulte for back-to-back mm-hmm. weeks just jumps off your television screen. I mean, Benson, we've seen have those statistically good games, right? And I've always liked Benson, but it's Schulte who clearly they have something in this kid. But Cooper DeGene was just all over the football field. Cooper DeGene is uh, a guy that is just. You, you know, you expected him to be pretty good because he was a really good athlete, you know, from, you know, the Alphabet City part of, you know, northwest Iowa. But, man, the, what he did the other day was, was just tremendous. I mean, 11 tackles. He had an interception in the end zone, some breakups, some hits. And Quinn Schulte, uh, you know, it, it's funny. We all kind of criticize Joe Parker every it's every so often when, okay, here comes another in-state walk-on safety coming in to start. Well, Jake Gervas is still in the league. Jack Kerner was a really <laughs> was a heck of a player. Quinn Schulte has been tremendous back there. And uh, you know, we all I don't know if we you know we all saw Xavier Wampa. We thought, okay, he's gonna walk in and start. Well, now we're seeing why that they went they continued uh, to play with, with Quinn Schulte and and I think that's why, you know, Xavier is gonna largely stick to special teams this year and and then see some action next year, probably replacing Kayvon Merriweather. They're loaded on that side of the football. Van Ness, of course, had the two punt blocks, but he was great at the defensive line spot. Wagner had the play early in the game. That defensive line is playing at such a high level 
Phil Parker, he's got a great defense. LeVar Woods, tell us a little bit more. I just saw something after the game, and it was just a, a quick thing on, on Twitter. I can't remember where it came from, but they talked about what LeVar came up with in those two punt blocks, what they saw from Iowa State. Were you there? Can you fill us in on the details of what they did schematically? And LeVar Woods, once again, proving to be one of the best special teams coaches in the country. Yeah, it was uh, it was something that they noticed from Iowa State's alignment, and they felt like uh, Lucas Van Ness could really get good penetration with that because they kind of have an an odd um, kicking punting formation where they kind of snap it diagonally as opposed to straight back, and they felt like that was one way where they could get an advantage. And uh, you know, Lucas Van Ness is really big. I mean, he's six five. He has really long arms, and uh, was able to really you know, force his way back in there and have two blocks. And uh, just the way they, they tried to block him was uh, was not successful, let's say. So, uh, you know, that that's something that LeVar knows really well, obviously. And, and uh, you know, it shows. Now, the one weakness that they have, and it's one we've discussed for a long time, is, is kicker. Um, that was a that was a tough kick in the rain, though. It was pouring, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to really blame him for Aaron Blom for missing it. But there have been two misses in the first two games, and uh, both of them were in important situations. So I think it's something the Bears watching on that side of the on that the third phase of, of football. Well, uh, since you guys were both there, and I think Doc, you were in that end zone for the kicker toward that end of the field. Uh, we know it was we know it was wide left. Was it long enough? We could I could never really tell watching it on TV, and nothing was said. Was the kick long enough? It seemed to be that yeah. way, but I really didn't know. I mean, I was I was on the sideline on the Iowa sideline close to it, but it was hard to really tell. But yeah, I, I think it was probably had enough length. But you know what he did was he compensated. He was on the right hash and he kicked it left. Yeah. So you know that was in the pouring rain. That, that's that's a tough make. So that's if it was dry. Then, then we would <clears throat> probably mention this after the offensive failures. Yep, Doc. Last thing for you: we got uh, thirty seconds left. The, the good news is they're in the right division, uh, right? Wisconsin's gone down. Nebraska's Nebraska. Minnesota looks good. Purdue's off to a good start. Um, but the, just your overall thoughts on the Big Ten West after two weeks? Right now, you got to go with the Gophers, but they haven't played anybody. So I mean, they they look the part. They look like they're going to be bar- there in the end. Uh, I just wonder if Wisconsin or Iowa's offense can get off the mat enough to put up much of a fight. And then Purdue has been exciting. So <clears throat> right now, I mean, I think you've got to go with Minnesota and Purdue as number one and two. But but I think that, you know, six or seven of the teams all have a chance. It could be like a, a five-way tie for five and four. <laughs> at the end oh, of the my. Year. Brutal. Uh, Doc, thank you. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next Monday. Thanks, Scott. Scott Dockerman will continue to read you at The Athletic. Thank you, Doc. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. We'll get our time out. Did you have anything, TC? Uh, quick breaking news here. Yes. Maui Invitational 2024. Iowa State will return to the Maui Invitational. What do you think? A little turkey? <laughs> a little basketball? I'm out. You're always out. Uh, that, sounds, that sounds good to you. Would you like to go over there and watch that? Oh, absolutely. I, mean, I was, You know, I was there two summers. You can't bet ago. from Hawaii. Oh, well, I'll be all right. You'll be okay? Well, it's It's okay. I was able to stay away from the betting when I was there uh, two summers ago. Yeah, it, it is definitely worth it. Driving by that gym, too, and that's mm-hmm. what it is. I mean, you see it, and this is where the best college basketball teams in the country descend every November. It's amazing, isn't it? it? It doesn't even look like – I mean, it wouldn't fit. North Polk has a better gym than they do. Winterset has a better oh, gym wow. than they do. What do they call it? 
Jim something. A nod? Yeah. I don't know what it is. Anyways, we'll come out. We'll take uh, uh, finish out hour number one. We'll start hour number two. Bama Bob, Trent, and I will uh, go around college football, national perspective. Lots of ground to cover there. And then Nick Olson, he covers Iowa State for CycloneAlert.com. He'll be joining us at 1130 Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. .com. Welcome back. Final couple of minutes. First hour of the program. Uh, Trent is going to do a couple of hits on the NFL, but let's do Scott Frost real quick in Nebraska. Yeah. Uh, he's out. Trev Alberts had to do it. It was the right time. Good for Nebraska eating the $7.5 million that they would have saved if they mm-hmm. waited till the 1st of October, uh, but they had to do it. So it's time for Matt. It is. You Matt know, Rule. Matt Rule. That's where you're going. Urban Meyer. No. A different Matt. Resides in Ames. I'm sure they want him. I'm sure they, yeah, I'm sure that he'd be on every single list. But I think Matt rules. I mean, if it doesn't work out in Carolina, Mm -hmm. he's he's really good in college. Yes, he was. Look what he did. I mean, those kids that are Baylor, Mm -hmm. not this year, or a lot of them, they're they're rule players. Look what he did, Temple. Just perfect point. Temple was a program that was kicked out of the Big East because they were so bad. Right. That is an unwinnable situation, and he won there. Mm hmm. That would be a great hire. I think it would, too. Uh, not surprising that it happened, though, just in advance of the Oklahoma game. Well, and the reason, the justification behind, why do you do it now? The $7.5 million aside, because you, you don't want them to have a chance to win this game, right? Yeah, yeah I guess. I, I don't know. I mean, is there still a season that can be saved at, at, at this point? I mean, they struggled against North Dakota. Not North Dakota State. North Dakota. That was a nip and tuck two weeks ago. Um, 400 yards of total offense yeah. from Georgia Southern. Well, of passing yardage. yardage. What, ha- uh, what has happened to that program, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know if it can ever. Well, I don't, I think, don't think it will. Um, but we'll see who ends up there. But they, they had to put. Uh, can you save it? Can this team win six games? No. I don't think can either. No, not at this point. The defense, the defense is awful. Yeah. Awful. And that was another thing where. Frost doubled down with his buddy Shenander, who's been terrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This, this is big boy football. Indeed it is. And if uh, if there wasn't a, a little nepotism going on over in Iowa State, I've got to think that Brian Ferentz would have lost his gig. Yeah, maybe You're a buck 31. There's maybe. only 131 of you. Go out to Jersey in a couple of weeks. Maybe they'll just leave him there. Brutal. Hour two, Alabama. Trent and I will go around college football. Nick Oson covers Iowa State. He's coming up at 11, at 11.30. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.